Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed in this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 159 of Slamfire Radio for June 10th, 2016. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew the Warning Shot McClatchy. And I'm the classy one, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adriel, the hunting gear guy, Michaud. I'm going last. That means that next week I'll be the lead host. (laughs) No, it'll be Kelly, then Adriel, then me. Yeah, so we've got like three weeks away. Three weeks. Yeah. I'll I'll be back in three weeks. All right. I'm Trevor. <laughs> I'm Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, you, you hardly ever say anything. Like, you're very quiet these days. Why don't you kick us off with what you did in guns this week? Fine. Um, well, I participated in the first annual Rock Out With Your Gro- Rock Out With Your Glock Out Ronnie and a Group Memorial Steel Challenge. I have pledged to change the name next year. Yeah, it we got along fit. after a while. It got along. Yeah, hard to fit on a metal. It is. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you were there. Big thank you to you for coming out and helping RO and coach new shooters. I'll let you talk more about that later. But anyway, uh, I would say good times were had by all. I would, I would next, agree with that, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. We had 25 shooters. Was it 25? Barbecue. 25, yeah. That's cool. That is good. That's yeah. a good, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. What did you do? Uh, oh, um, I won. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I won. Well, I mean, iron. he set up the stages and he practiced them for weeks beforehand, so... <laughs> <laughs> we we all got five runs at it. Trevor got five hundred, but whatever. But by weeks, it was set up like the Friday before, practically. Right. But so but tell me, tell me, tell me, you didn't go out and practice. Um, I most certainly did go practice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not I mean, that it. Right. Well, I mean, they're standard. You don't plan them. They're 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 published stages. Anybody can practice them if That's they have right. the right gear. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did practice Texas Star, but it didn't do me any good, so I'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> um, let's see. We had uh, six stages, and um, there was a, a separate competition, if you will, for uh, the new six-plate X-Metal Target plate rack that we got from X-Metal Target. It's a uh, SummerSlam sponsor. It's an amazing piece of kit made out of AR-500 steel. The plates can either be placed on top and they fall over and you reset them by pulling on the rope, or you can uh, remove the plate module from the top of the rack and hook it to the bottom of the rack where they kind of just swing free-floating, and you can set it up and you can stand back and plink away with uh, at them with your rifle because they are AR-500, so it's pretty wicked. Anyway, that being said, what we did was we took the fastest time for everyone on the plate rack and on the Texas Star, and Nick Anderson, who we've been talking about a lot lately because he's been kicking our butts um he laid down a time on the texas star of 2.72 seconds so he removed his pistol from the holster shot five plates had a miss so he had to make up a shot so he shot six shots from the holster on moving targets in 2.72 seconds so wrap your head around that number for a second yeah yeah amazing uh and he shot it in a what i would describe as an untraditional pattern he didn't start at the top and make his way down one side. Um, he kind of zigzagged back and forth, 
keeping the star from rotating essentially and um 2.72 and i've been trying to find out if there's a world record and where he would be and uh I'm talking to a lot of people and they say that it's actually under two but still i mean come on before that mm-hmm. the best the best time was like four and a half seconds yeah so i was four a, and a half is about a typical run for the the caliber of shooters that we shoot with yeah yeah, and I was out to beat that. My best time in practice was a four six eight, and then my best time at the match was a four point one two. I had one really nice clean run where it was just guy came out of the holster and it was bang 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 bang. Right, one two three four five. The plates were falling, and but it's <laughs> it's three days difference in time between two point seven two and four point one one. Yep. So and Nick also won on the plate rack, so that was pretty awesome. We had um, iron sights open and revolver, so I won for the iron sights, uh, the match proper. And then we also had man versus man on the dueling tree, and I got sent home by Fred. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. And then when he threw his mag, that was that was just epic. Of course, yeah. That's a typical squire move. So I got beat by the squire, and then on the plate rack, talk about being in the zone. And I know on Arm Scrolls, uh, project that we're talking about being in the zone while shooting a competition and, and being focused and staying focused. Um, I just got to the point in the round robin type elimination where it wasn't round robin, it was single elimination where I was in the box for the last three shooters and I was so focused that a guy would come up and I would beat him and then another guy would come up and I would beat him and Nick was had gotten a buy or something. Anyway, I ended up going against Nick um, in the final and I won. And I was like, okay, what's next? Well, you're done. Okay, but who am I shooting against now? Well, nobody. You won. I did? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just, okay, uh, like I had to reset my brain from you're not shooting anymore. It's time to walk away. It's over. You won. Yeah. It was kind of a weird little little moment I found myself in. So, so that was pretty good. Um, and then the next day, uh, Filthy and Snuffleupagus, the Squire, and Pierre Luke, who obviously, after that, he needs a nickname. <laughs> we all... <laughs> <laughs> we went uh, went back to the range to do some planking. Um, it was really cool. One of the one of the coolest things about the whole weekend was that filthy, being uh, of a certain age, let's say, has <laughs> that's a, a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a nice guy. I don't want to call him fat and old. You certainly can't call him fat anymore. He's lost like thirty five pounds, a bum. But anyway, um, he is of an age where he has a prohibited pistol status on his license, which would be a 12-6, So he has his 12-6, and um, when Ronnie passed away, all of his guns ended up with Chris and Harold. Chris, because Chris has a prohib status, and Harold, because he has restricted. And um, Ronnie had two prohibs, a Rossi 8-shot revolver, which is a picture of me on my Facebook shooting it. It looks like a, looks like a starter pistol in my hand. And a which is funny Smith because we had a starter pistol at the range too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of my best runs was shot with that starter pistol. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so Filthy bought Ronnie's prohibs. He got the Rossi um, revolver and he got the, um, the Saturday Night Special, I guess is what you would call it. It's the um, 35 shot, 38 special snub nose revolver. Well, no, so it's we like, had- like a detective special, not a Saturday night special. Saturday night specials were those really cheap semi auto 25 and 32 ACP, like the Jennings mm-hmm. and the, the, those just little tiny pocket pistols. I That's what I Google- understood them to be as, anyway. I think if you Google Saturday night special, you'll see a, a little revolver. But anyway, oh, okay. you're right. Oh, that's cool. It is. 
it is a detective's backup gun. You're right. That's more more uh, a more appropriate description of it. So we were at the range um, shooting shooting those two guns that uh, Filthy got to buy. So it's really cool. Ronnie's guns didn't go to a stranger. Filthy's part of the Rescue Gun Club family. He's up there all the time. Everybody knows who it is, who he is. And it's one of the biggest gun clubs in the province. And Filthy can walk around with a helmet on, and nobody bats an eye. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> That's true, oh. isn't it? No, it's totally true. Oh, Filthy's here. <laughs> hey, Phil, what's up? Empire Rocks. Thanks for having me. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh man, in any other place they'd have him medicated, but not here. Here he fits in. So, uh, what else? So, uh, uh, while we were there, I, I demanded um, uh, satisfaction from from the squire. He had his FN, so I brought my FN, and uh, we went against each other on the plate rack again with our FNs. And there's a cool video of that. And our draw, it looks like. I'm drawing in a mirror. They're they're perfectly timed. It identi- and it's funny because he's left-handed too, so it really was like in a mirror. Yeah, it's awesome. So, but the important part of this story is I beat him, so that's good. I I'm gonna edit to... that part out. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we got to the um, to the uh, to the pistol bay where we shot some pistols for fun, um, Filthy returned my M305 from the gunsmith, and I got that on the rifle range, and it's not cycling, and I really hope that it's just underpowered. Ammunition Is that I loaded. Reloaded ammo or factory ammo? It's reloaded ammo. Okay. Have you tried not factory this? through it yet? Negative. Okay. No, I have not yet. So I'm not sending it back until I do that. Or yeah. I also have some other reloaded 308 for my TAC 21. Oh yeah, and you I can know, try that. Yeah, and it's loaded pretty much max charge, 45 right. and a half grains. Yep. So uh, I'll give that a go. Well, this and then like I have. What did he do to it? Oh my God, Adriel, the list goes on. I'd have to. I'll, I'll tell you next week. There's actually yeah. a list. Um, Quickly, though, he unitized the gas system. He replaced the flash hider and then polished the heck out of the trigger group. Then when you cycle the action, the charging handle, I mean, it's as smooth as an AR-15. It's, it's, there's no binding in the action whatsoever. It's amazing. The trigger is still creepy, but very, very smooth because he, he polished the heck out of it. Is it because the trigger uh, calls you late at night and breathes heavy on the phone? Only on <laughs> Skype. So... Um, there was an index problem with the barrel and the and the sight, like yeah. most M305s. So that was all corrected. Um, he explained to me what it was. Anyway, the flash hider in the end was was the problem and had to go. So there's an M14 flash hider on there now. Unita, yeah. And when he unitized the gas system, he didn't weld it. He actually drilled and tapped it, which he said was the proper way of doing it because some people welding the gas system like butcher it, and you can't tell by looking at the rifle. Unless you really know what you what you're looking for, that it's been drilled and tapped and screwed together. It's that's very the, cool. that's that's national match spec to uh, that's drill what and he tap did. it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he did. So that's national match spec. The trigger he said was national match spec. Um. Anyway, and what and, and I don't want to say what the price was in case it was a friend price, but it was really cheap <laughs> for for all he did. Yeah, I expected to pay twice what I paid. So I'm very happy, and I'm pretty sure it's the ammo because when I ran the gun before out of the box, I used H three three H three three five powder, and this time I used um, thirty thirty one, which you know is going to pr- produce different amount of gas, right? So mm-hmm. I hope I hope it's that. Um, I also had my AR there. I wanted to double check the zero um, I, at the hundred meter mark, so I did that. I loaded some more forty. I got the ATT sorted out for um, Matthew to take my guns to the charity shoot. 
I'm also lending my FN FNS to uh, Matt Lorette because he sells guns. Well, Matt Lorette changes guns more than Fred changes girlfriends. And that's not a joke because he got dumped on Saturday, but it kind of is. And I'm heartless like that. So Aww. anyway. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh. we should cut that part. I'm not sure. Ah, he's cool. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, she totally Friends. dumped him on Saturday. Well, she was. She took too long to get ready for matches, anyway. So you're darn right. She had to go. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. If you're listening, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to pile on, but I called this as soon as I got home. I was talking to Jewel about it. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, is she, 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 <laughs> she's like, oh, is, is uh, he ready to dump her and move on?" I'm like, "I'm pretty sure it's going to be the other way around." <laughs> <laughs> well, you spent. Not that I want to get you in trouble with Jewel, but you spent more time talking to her on Saturday than Fred did. I was coaching her. Yeah, and you were doing a fantastic job. Yeah, I was. Can we go well, back? Well, uh, and, and also in my defense, she was the only one not drunk there as well, along with me. So that's why I talked to her. But now, be clear about when the drunkenness happened. That was after. Much after. Right. Much, much after. When I was talking. Okay. Oh, yeah, after the shooting was all done. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just want to make that clear. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, we didn't drink beer and, and shoot as well. <laughs> no. That's just Kelly? dumb. Sorry, Kelly, you wanted to go back to what? No, I wanted to go back to the ATT for Matt to yes. take the gun to the shoot. What, uh, I thought there was not really any um, problems that was going to be happening. All you had to do was... We had to, we had to get a... Um, no, we didn't do a consent to borrow. We simply... He simply has Matthew, I have in my possession, an ATT for my guns in Matthew's name. Okay. So, um, and then I sent them an email saying, I give permission to Matthew to transport my guns to Ontario. And they said, okay, here's an ATT in McClatchy's name. And then they sent me an ATT for Lorette. Cause Lorette, as I was saying before I started picking on poor Fred, um, Lorette sold his SIG P320. And like Matthew calling the thing about Fred and the girlfriend, I totally called this. I told him right out the gate. <laughs> You're not going to keep it. So I get a message from Lorette saying, um, yeah, you going to the Hampton 250? Well, of course I am. I'm staying at your house. Oh, right. Um, can I borrow the FN? I'm like, yeah, on one condition. You need to go to Facebook and put on your status. Trevor was right. <laughs> and he actually did. I was impressed. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a lending ATT for him as well. So uh, both of them came through the fax machine at the same time. And they, um, I think the front page, the cover page for Lorette still says Matthew McClatchy. They just reused the, the cover page. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Good time. So. And then we've got a, a a level two match on June 25th. I will be, of course, uh, in Brockville having a good time with my friends. Um, but I'm planning the match and everything. So the stages are done and um, printed. The score sheets are ready to go. The awards have been ordered. And we started to, well, Snuffleupagus and I went to the range, put away all the steel from the steel challenge, and then started to take the materials to the base where we need to build the stages for the 25th, which will in the end become SummerSlam stages. Oh, but we have so much to do. We've got to get the CFO on the range to inspect the new bay that we built so that we can use it for the match. But the range isn't ready to have a CFO on it because it's just... There's some rock that needs to be picked up. It looks kind of bad. There's some other suggestions that they said we needed to do after our last inspection that we've got to get done. So we've got a date set up for June 18th. It will be a cleanup day, but of course I'll be at the Hampton 250. And then July 2nd, we were supposed to have an IPSC match that day, but just going to have to cancel it and because uh, the range has got to be ready so we can get that bay approved for SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. So, And then uh, right before the show tonight, I did some trigger work on one of my tin full wheels. 
And uh, that's it. I'm good. How about you, McClatchy? Well, yeah, I just thought I'd go next because I can carry on a little bit with the Steel Challenge. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You put on a good event. I mean, it's, you know, Steel Challenge. It's uh, We don't get to shoot it very often. It, it's a little bit different from Ipsic. My favorite part about it is that you get to shoot each stage five times. So you sort of get like a warm-up, and you can kind of rip through it, and you can try it a couple different ways. Then your worst time gets tossed out, so you can even screw up a, you know, once and, and not really have to worry about it too much. So it was a lot of fun. I, I just love Ring and Steel. Um, the uh, What was I going to say? I can't remember now. I eh, guess it doesn't matter. I, I concur. Um, you can – you can okay, We and you and I discussed a couple of times – are you really? You want to go that way? Well, what yeah, if we went yeah, this exactly. way? We well, why don't we try there. this? And yeah. 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 What the heck? We got five runs. Let's try it that way. And if it's no good, well, that's the one we drop. Yep. The The downside to it is that there's just irons open and revolver, which means that I get to compete against all of the guys who run standard guns. So against Trevor and Harold and Nick, who are the only three that beat me, are all in standard division. So had we been shooting Ipsic, I would have come in first in my division, but... You know, whatever. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is since I you're shooting nine mil. Well, no. Another way of looking <laughs> at it is since you're shooting nine mil and shooting a uh, a uh, easier to shoot caliber, you should have come in first because you weren't battling the recoil. We were. Uh, well, you could say that, except nobody really <laughs> under thinks that there's actual Leaves difference it. between recoil between undercharged forty and uh, regular nine mil. There's really not much of a difference. I know the power factor is a bit higher, but you have more comfortable grips. You have, you know, the gas pack. You have a really say, yeah, nice light race trigger. Yeah, yeah, really heavy gun too to help soak up that recoil. So, but regardless, you guys all shot really well. It was it was awesome watching you guys shoot because you guys can really tear up those stages and listening to those steel gongs, ding 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 ding, was just like, oh, love it. I, I literally felt like I was in a trance on the play rack, the yeah. man versus man play rack. Yep. I almost have no memory of going against Nick. It was just like, okay, you're shooting again, beep, and I just yep. opened up and. And you were done. Yeah. yeah. I had quite. Uh, I forgot about. Oh, I forgot about that strategy. I had noticed that my mags were kind of hanging up. Um, they don't like to follow to the gun unless they're empty. It seems, and I don't know if that's the ammo is not the right length and it's creeping ahead. So I very quickly adapted. Uh, well, actually, you and I said we would do this ahead of time. Yeah. Is the way the plate racks, man versus man plate rack um, stage was between the time the timer goes well, off. Hold on, the hold beat. on, hold on, hold on. Go so ahead. there's five plates plus a popper. You have to shoot all five plates down and then knock down a popper. Whichever popper hits the ground first, that person wins. So not everybody knows what the what the stage was. So that makes it a little yep. bit easier for them to understand. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you had to perform a mandatory reload between the start signal and before shooting the popper. Right. So you, you couldn't shoot it all and then do your reload. Right. But what you, what you could do was right after the start signal, reload your gun. Yep. So on then, your draw, grab a mag with your hand coming up so you're not wasting any movement. So bring a mag up with you as you draw, drop your, your, uh, the fresh mag that's in your gun load and just shoot them all. Which is what we did. Then it and worked actually, for you, didn't work for me, because I got a buy in the first round, and I went r- up against Nick in my first round, or, or my first shot, and <laughs> I didn't even come close. That guy's just yeah, fast. I kind of felt like a jerk, too. <laughs> Do you remember what I said, or did you even hear me? Uh, I can't remember, but I remember Good. that it wasn't Let's very just, nice. <laughs> it wasn't very nice. It, it wasn't very nice at all. Yeah. Oh, I th- oh, I remember what it was. It was, now you can go help score. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that to Matthew? Yeah. He's like, like, right before I went up, he saw me going up against Nick. He's like, oh, don't worry. In a minute, you can go score. (laughs) 
And sure enough. Oh, man. I have sometimes no social skills. It doesn't matter. It was still fun. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. And then, like you said, when Filthy brought that snub nose out, that was awesome. Um, and apparently yeah. we were shooting 38 plus P. Bad. I wonder why the grips cracked. <laughs> well, the other guys were saying that it hurt their hand when they were shooting it. Yeah. And See, I, I chuckled a little bit because I didn't find that it hurt my hand at all. I mean, I was having, I wanted to shoot like hundreds of rounds. I was shooting it one-handed. In fact, I shot it one-handed from the hip and knocked over a plate. See, you'd be a perfect detective back in 1971. That's right. Point shooting, man. Didn't even need the sights. And I even shot it like a detective. I don't know if anybody saw the video on Facebook I or saw not. The, yeah. yeah, I saw the video. <laughs> and you're going, look at that, from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> it surprised awesome. me more than anybody else, I think. But mm. uh, Anyway, speaking of videos, um, I also did a video review of Fred's uh, ISSC Mark 22. That's uh, a SCAR clone uh, 22 look-alike that uh, he lent me, oh, what, six months ago now? Quite a while ago, and I've had Same it time, time I gave you the FN, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite now, a while ago. I, ha I have to say, you said that you just kind of did the video quickly and, and, and rushed and on the cuff, but it was a quality um, review. It was a good video. I, I, I thought it was going to be kind of rough based on your description, but I thought it was great, and well, I thought you were also very fair, because I know that you didn't really care much for the for the gun, but your biases didn't really come out in the video. I think I thought you were very unbiased and fair. Well, that's what I try to do. I mean, uh, the, the it's not um, you know gun g gun opinions by Matthew. It's it's gun <laughs> reviews, right? And I don't want to display my opinion. I want to give you the facts and and show how the gun works and do some shooting and stuff, and then let you decide for yourself how it you know how it works out. So and and then apparently do some trick shots. Yeah, unintentional trick shot. So we started off just shooting my little flip-up target just at, you know, 10 yards or whatever, just kind of plinking away at it. And then I, that, that doesn't really show you what the accuracy of the gun can do. And I didn't have any paper to shoot groups. So I put up my, I don't know, 8 or 10-inch gong, the one that Trevor shot a nice 2 to 3 perfectly whole right through the center of it a couple years ago. I set that up on the opposite side of the gravel pit um, and right on the edge of a pond or a, a, You're welcome. a, a big puddle. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, and then I went to the other side of the gravel pit, and it turns out it was just under two hundred or 175 yards. So it was a long ways away. Whenever I was putting my sights on it, I couldn't even see the gong. The post was completely covering the gong. Um, but my windage was dead on every shot, so the windage left and right was, was no problem. And I was just having a problem figuring out the elevation. And if you watch the video, you see the bullets hitting about halfway across and then like three quarters of the way across and then it splashes right in front of the target and then bounces off the water and hits the gong <laughs> and i managed to do that twice so that was kind of cool yeah, you got to check it out if you haven't seen it it was amazing how well the camera picked it up yeah yeah well i gotta give a shout out to my buddy matt he was running the camera for me uh, i i literally i called him up i said hey what are you doing he was on just finishing up a few things around the house i'm like can you go to the rain or to the gravel pit with me i have a rifle i got to do a review on i've only got an hour before i gotta pack it up and leave he's like yeah all right <laughs> so yeah i'd completely forgotten to do the review until like an hour before i was supposed to leave to to head over to trevor so matt and i just hit the gravel pit real quick and off the cuff i came up with uh with that video and it was it was a lot of fun. I like uh, I like shooting those review videos and and like Trevor said, I'm not particularly partial to that 
particular firearm, but it's not because there's anything wrong with that gun. I just don't like that sort of style. Um, if it was center fire, I understand it being that big and clunky, but we're to 22. I like my 22s to be lightweight and uh, trim, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, uh, I think I think that ISSC is more of a like, you know, if if someone wanted a, uh, an MSR that they could tra- uh, modern modern sporting rifle ish gun that they can train with, the mags are kind of full size. That's right. And some of the operating characteristics are the same as a, a sporting rifle. So oh, a very similar. It, at least fact. it's cheaper to fire, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hands down better than the Mossberg. Uh, what's that one called? The I don't know, but it's garbage. Yeah, yeah, it's just a plinkster wrapped in a plastic shell that makes it look like an airsoft gun. Yeah, this is not like all of the, like that one. The the safety on it is like molded plastic, molded. The charging handles plastic, but like it, they don't actually move. They, they yeah. just, it looks like an AR-15, but none of the controls actually function. With this, the ISSC, all of the controls actually work properly. The safety works properly. The mag release is where it needs to be. The charging handles where it needs to be. Um, the buttstock, the buttstock functions like that's it's supposed it. to. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it's a good rifle for somebody who wants, like uh, like Adriel said, a modern sporting rifle that they can sort of just play with in twenty two and not have to worry about the cost of centerfire because it looks just like it and uh, functions just like it as well. Fred Fred ran it on Sunday at the range, and, I mean, he beat it like it owed him money. Yep. Um, and never hiccuped once with the exception of the, he dropped a mag. Unfortunately, it fell on the feed lip and cracked Ooh, the feed lip. That yeah, because they're... Yeah, I mean, if the gun would catch on like the 1022, then we could get some some better mags with metal feed lips like yep. the uh, Butler Creek. Is it yep. Butler Creek? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, cause that makes toast now. Yeah, it so, is. Yep. Okay. Nothing you can do with that. What'd now. you think of the uh, trigger on the on the one that you had, Matthew? It. Uh, I don't remember it, but it, I don't remember it. I do. That's usually a good. Th- well, go ahead. Tell <laughs> tell us your description there, Jeff. Junk. Oh, okay. So yeah. there's a there's an Anschutz version, and they use a different barrel and a different trigger group, and the rest of the operating stuff is all the same. and uh, And the trigger is a lot better on that one. Uh, you know, the barrel, I you know, uh, presumably would have more accuracy, but who, who really cares for uh, for that kind of rifle? Because it's yeah, exactly. primarily it's, a it's training not designed, aid. Yeah, it's not designed to be an accuracy rifle. It's a uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a dual rifle. It's more of like a training rifle than a. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think a 795 or a 1022 is a is a better 22 rifle for like shooting, varminting, target that all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, hands down, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, but for a training aid, I mean, the ISSC is cheaper than a Scar. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, by far. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, it was cool. It was it was fun to play with. So thanks to Fred and a big shout out to him for loaning me his gun. Um, and then uh, update on the Troy pump action rifle. It's in Canada. But it's not here yet. Ooh. So the I contacted uh, I Run Guns, uh, the Canadian office, and they said that they're hoping to have them all in the mail by tomorrow. So hopefully by next show, I'll have it in my hands. Nice. So, they have crossed. the 300 Blackout in, in stock right now, and I'm really thinking about it. Yeah. 990 for the 300 Blackout. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, 300 blackout does me no good here in New Brunswick unless I just want to hunt deer or bear with it. I can't take it out anytime I want, like the two to three. But uh, yeah, 300 blackout would be like here in Alberta. It, it uh, I can't take a two two three hunting, uh, but I uh, unless it's coyote or something like that. But right. I can take the 300 blackout hunting. So yep, it, it means more out here. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, that, All right. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait until you get your hands on yours and and see how it is. That's yeah. Thanks. I'll be the guinea pig. Yes. <laughs> well, you're talking, so keep going. What did you do? 
Uh, not really a lot. I went and did, I, I played uh, slow pitch for the first time in 20 years and I got my butt handed to me. Uh, so I didn't do anything in guns, uh, but I did. What did you learn? I, I learned that uh, my... Uh, should have been at a three-gun match? Oh, yeah, should have been. Should have been. Well, that's next weekend. I got a three-gun three match coming up this weekend, so right. I'll, uh, I'll do that instead, and, and I, won't, I won't turn up last because uh, our team was last. <laughs> it was for a good cause and all that stuff. But it was but, uh, fun. That's why I joined up. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's slow pitch. I mean, you just drink beer on the field and, uh, uh, yeah. You crack some balls and whatever. Uh, I I got a, a packed club timer three from Brownells that uh, that came in. Nice uh, and compact, no. isn't it? Okay, <laughs> there's a couple of different uh, timers out there, and I when I look at the timers that that are on the market today, oh man, the technology is like ancient. It's so ancient. There are huge devices. There's one that's uh, a little bit smaller, uh, competition electronics, like CDC 7000 or something like that. That's what we use at our club. They're really small. They The buttons aren't prioritized. They're just like, they're all the same size. So you have to actually read them. And the thing I liked about the Pact was that the buttons are different sizes. So the go button is huge. Nice, big, green go button. I like it. Uh, the review uh, button. Nice like and big. go button. Yeah, the, it's it's usability, right? Just some basic usability would be fantastic instead of just having a bunch of the same size buttons. So this one had different size buttons. When I looked at the picture on Brownells, I thought it was going to be like the uh, uh, size of a beeper, but uh, it's quite a bit bigger than that. Now that said, the display's bigger and uh, it's got a belt clip, so you can chuck it on your belt. It'll run fine there, and you can look down and read it very easily. So usability on it looks uh, really good so far. And that's one complaint that I had about those uh, those smaller timers was that the usability on it. You had to like press this button and that button and another button. It was just it was just too many buttons. I just want like a big green go button. Hit the button and and make the timing thing start right. So uh, so I just picked. I, I just got that yesterday, and uh, I have yet to take it out to the range. So I'll uh, I'll try it out this weekend. If you think yours is big, Adriel, you want to go back in time and look at the competition electronics timer from They the still 80s. sell it. They it's still like the size really? of a small laptop. It's huge. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they've got the old school, like, uh, was it like plastic surface buttons like they used to have on microwaves from like 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the technology that they use in shot timers is ridiculous. This is not a complex device, and they're selling them for $130. This is this is an industry that is waiting to get completely run over by a new entrant that uh, that puts out better technology. Well, the problem That's is it's opinion. tried and true, right? And it works. And yeah. it's not like you need to replace it often. And so people are still using the ones that they had from 20 years ago because they just don't break. And so why reinvent the wheel if nobody's going to buy a new one? But... You know, I don't know. I, I remember Tom had one when he was here, and it wasn't. Uh, it was I can't, don't even remember what it was, but it was small and sleek. It looked like a little digital voice recorder, actually. And it's, it did yeah, all so small. kinds of cool stuff. So small, he puts it on the lanyard and lets it hang around his neck. Yeah, and it worked that'll just one fine. Of those, yeah, that'll be one of those competition electronics ones. They're good. I just don't like that. Um, I don't like that they're they the, all the buttons are the You're same right weight. About the like they're yeah. all they're yeah. all the same size. I want. I want prioritized buttons. I want the green button for go and another one for stop or something like that. Yep. And yeah. uh, that's the problem with the are you ready timer is there's one button and the are you ready timer has a couple of different 
uh, menu items, functionalities but of the device. how do you get to them? <laughs> exactly. Right? I don't like, even know. I've, I've got one. I don't even know. All, I, all mine has ever done is timed Ipsic runs. That's it. I, I, there's myself and one other person that I know of that knows how to set a five-minute part-time on there for your walkthrough. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's the thing with those things. I mean, you might as well... Um, it's fantastic that they have all these features. Give me something simple. Like, give me something I can put in the hands of someone who's going to RO a course who's never used it before who can time the freaking match. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, the Are You Ready can do that. Hey, you, come here. Hold this yeah. down until it says zero seconds and let go. Yep. After you yeah. say, are you ready, stand by. Then let go. Yeah. <laughs> and then if I'm using it myself, if you just push the button in a little bit, you see the letters D-E-L come up, which stand for delay. You let go, and it counts down three seconds, and, and then, then it, it beeps. That way you can use it yourself, too, when you're by yourself yeah. on the range. Yeah, exactly what yep. I do, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's not cutting-edge technology, but like I said, it works. It's old-school yep. tech, but it works. But you would think that they would just try and improve the software you, and you would or make it cheaper. Like yeah. there's no, oh, I don't know why they're so there. expensive. Because they're we want bucks. them. Yeah, because we want them. <laughs> yep. there's, and because China hasn't started ripping them off yet and selling them on eBay for fifteen bucks. Here's the other thing, though. Uh, if there was one for for you know twenty or twenty five bucks, would you buy one? Would you be worried that it actually worked? Like, well, this is it. Like, would it be recognized as an, as a product that would be allowed to be used in an official sanctioned level three match? Let's say that's right, because the, that's, ah, that you is can, something you can that buy exists. the fancy ones for that for those matches. Like, how, wouldn't you like to have one uh, for practice? Wouldn't you like to have one for you? Yeah, I do. It's the one that I use in the sanctioned Ipsic matches. <laughs> yeah, but aren't aren't a lot of people for practice using an app on their phone? Uh, isn't that yeah. technology getting better? Yeah, that's that's what I've got as well. I wanted something that would um, time more accurately because, like th- this, the, the accuracy on this thing is way higher than it would be on a phone. Okay. But and I don't have to look at my screen in the blaring sun and try to figure out where the things are because that's <laughs> a, that's another problem with uh, with phone Rick, trying to read a phone screen in the in, yes. the, in the daylight, right? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you, you got to crank up. Yeah, you got to crank up the brightness on your screen and kill your battery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I end up doing. Oh. No, it's less hilarious. Yeah, this this I mean this timer the the usability is there. It's it doesn't even come with a manual. It comes with a two sided printed sheet. And they said, frankly, uh, when it came time to design the keypads, we just couldn't bring ourselves to junk it up with a lot of lines and arrows. So once you get the hang of it, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little bit more on like how to use the advanced features, but basically they're saying like just figure it out, dummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pr- press buttons until something happens. It probably won't explode. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, that's that's all I've done in guns this week. Kelly, that means it's your turn. It's my turn. Uh, I went to SFRC on Saturday and picked up uh, some stuff for the charity shoot. Uh, we actually looked at some of the stuff that we needed for the airsoft three gun portion of it. So we picked. Oh, up I thought some. it was airsoft Ipsic. Airsoft three gun. Oh, cool. Well, that's even more fun. All right. Yeah. So fun. yeah, we're gonna. Fun. Trevor, it's be, be quiet. fun. Come on. It's guns. You you. We yeah. don't discriminate here. Guns are guns. Right. Love them all, love some more than others. <laughs> there you go. Just like your kids. Oh, we thought we'd throw kids? it in. Be- Cats. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, right. Kelly, keep going. <laughs> no, you guys, go ahead. You're good. No, we're done. Okay. <laughs> wow, we just got kind of lectured there. <laughs> that was Mom Kelly right there. Yeah, Hi, Mom there. Kelly. <laughs> that, was, that was, yeah, that was... Totally Mom Officer Kelly. Kelly, yeah. Or... Officer Kelly, yeah, I like it. <laughs> Officer Kelly, <laughs> costume? I mean, a uniform? Yeah. Sorry. No. So, so yeah. you're saying I should bring my airsoft? Is what you're saying? 
Yeah, bring your airsoft cool. if you actually do have some. We're, I have a, we're I have gonna... a Glock knockoff, yeah. Oh, cool. Because we have an M&P um, uh, pistol that we're going to be using. We have a shotgun, uh, and we also have... Well, we're doing three guns, so we're going to have a rifle as well. So Cool. And I can bring it's... a twenty-two, right? That's pretty much the same thing as airsoft. Only if you use shorts. You gotta use shorts. <laughs> Just use shorts. Hey, is the uh, is the MMP airsoft that you've got dimensionally accurate? Would it fit like an MMP holster? It does. Oh, it, how much was it? It, uh, I believe, it was two hundred and fifty. Oh, that's too much. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you. I'll send you, you, info on it. you can get them for cheaper. Um, we, I don't want to yeah. turn this into an airsoft uh, podcast, well, but oh, we're you, gonna. But we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay with that because I need to hear about I, I, yours. Cause I'm... I, I believe it's Airsoft Canada um, okay. is the website, and I got mm. mine there. Now, my Glock isn't 100% one-to-one Glock because Glock won't authorize that. If anybody puts out a one-to-one accurate Glock Airsoft, they get sued. So mine's slightly uh, – the rail is slightly bigger than it should be, which means not all holsters – um, fit it properly, but it does work. It's it's close enough that it works in my holsters. And yeah, I use it for practicing at home. I put up, uh, I made my own uh, um, airsoft trap, and I put a target on it, and I'll just stand in the living room and I'll draw and shoot targets in my living room. Mm-hmm. That's what we were doing in my hallway. We were actually shooting some <laughs> nice. reactive targets in the yep. hallway, and now my door, uh, my front door, has um, pollen marks all over it. Yeah, of course it Anyways. does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to it because it's going to be. We wanted to use the archery range because you know why not use something that's there? Uh, yeah, exactly. But, but we're not going to do arrows because that's Trevor. We don't want to do that. So let's shoot. No. Ar- let's shoot airsoft instead. They both start with exactly. a Trevor. You should be in. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in. I'm buying. I'm buying. My nephew's birthday is coming up, and he's been getting these crappy airsoft guns for years. And right. uh, <laughs> last year at Christmas, I was like, no, this has to end. Yeah, get so a good one. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna get him the same Glock that you have, and you've you've been running it quite a lot, Matthew, right? Like, what do you got a thousand shots through it? Oh, probably at least, yeah. And uh, still going strong. Haven't had to replace any parts or anything. Nope. The only problem that I have with it, I haven't had to replace anything. The only problem I do have with it is sometimes the mag will hang up um, in the mag well, and I can't figure out what it's catching on. But anytime I shoot at a slide lock, it falls right out as soon as I press the button. But sometimes I can't get it out unless the slide's locked back. Once I figure that out, that'll be it. But that's that's the only issue I've ever had with it. Interesting. Okay. So the other thing that we did was we went on Saturday, or sorry, not Saturday, Sunday. We went to Frontenac again, and we reworked the MQT um, targets again. We made them, we scaled them a little bit smaller, just because of the fact that we thought they were too easy at the 50 yard. So made it smaller, made it a little bit more challenging. So shot, I shot it to see if uh, I could uh, score a rifleman, and I did. But yeah, it's a little bit more challenging. So no big deal. So yeah, no big deal. So when you get there, Trevor, I'm expecting oh. you to shoot a rifleman. Oh, uh, <laughs> challenge issued. Yeah, challenge accepted. Whatever, whatever I got to do, just point yeah. me in the right direction. Yeah, both you and, and Matthew should be able to do it. So you so, both you both shot it last time, didn't you? Yeah, kind of. Or almost close. I, I I came really close. I was like one or two points off. Yeah, and I was. And I was given points. Yeah, you were you you were thirty cald. They thirty cald me. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it, man. Winning's winning. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I already know that you, you you win by by the rules instead of by actual skill. But you know, whatever. Sometimes yes, sometimes <laughs> no, man. Yeah. No, no. Um, no, I'm just kidding, man. It'll be fun, and Stacy's going to be working the line as well, so you'll have to uh, mind your manners. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I did for guns this week. Cool. Well, let's uh, move into. Oh, uh, sorry, both, both Adriel and Kelly forgot about forgot, and I forgot too. I guess we all yeah. forgot. You and Adriel were both um, asked something yesterday, or was it today? When were you guys asked? That I don't even know what you're asked? talking about. Oh, that was you yesterday. Just say, you guys want to talk about that, or you want to not? Is it really official, though? Not until your paperwork's done, but, I mean, the ball is rolling. Well, I haven't been sent paperwork, have I? I have. I have. You... Oh, see, oh, Adriel did. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I see Adriel has. Yeah, what's up with that, eh? <laughs> so, I don't know, Adriel, you want to talk about it? Yeah, we're uh, we're both uh, becoming ministers in the Flying Spaghetti Monster uh, <laughs> Church. We've been ordained. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> not that no, paper, Gabriel. The other. <laughs> oh, I I didn't know which one you're talking about. There's both yesterday. Um, yeah, so we uh, uh we're going to apply to be uh, field officers for the CCFR. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. In our respective areas. So yeah. Do I get a free T-shirt? Probably. <laughs> oh, I legit. That's I think the important parts of this. Yeah. <laughs> I will make sure that you get a T-shirt, Adriel. <laughs> Kelly, I'll, I'll wear make it sure you when I go Kelly. shooting. Kelly, yes. I'll make I'll make sure you get a polo. Oh, awesome! <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So now we yeah. can move on to uh, upcoming events. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, no. Um. So the update on the Archie Perry fundraiser, uh, Matador Arms SKS stock and rail is still up for grabs. Uh, tickets are five dollars each or five for twenty. So just send an EMT to slamfireradio at gmail dot com for. Uh, your selection of funds or whatever, and we'll make sure you get tickets. And uh, we are drawing that when? Uh, June 31st. Now, you guys made fun <laughs> of me a couple of weeks ago because I said you could have tickets for 5 bucks a piece or 4 for 20 Right. And mm-hmm. we all laughed because I can't count past potato. Well, on Sunday or Saturday, we were raffling off a shotgun, and I suckered two people in on that 4 for 20 deal. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> one for 5 or 4 for 20? Oh, I might as well give me 4 for 20 then. And, uh, and I just go straight there, right? They're like, how much are the tickets? Four for 20. Okay. Yep. And Boom. then sometimes be like, uh, what uh, are we drawing? Uh, June 31st. Okay. There's only 30 days in June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor wants that SKS stock real bad. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for playing along, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Trevor, bring us this next one. Actually, you know what? Kelly, you bring us this next one. You've been awfully, uh, I don't know, something. You've been awfully Kelly. You've been awfully Kelly tonight. Uh, So the 6th Annual Charity Shoot for In Support of Soldier On is happening on June 25th in uh, Kingston at the Brockville District Fish and Game Club. If you're interested, contact uh, New Shooter Canada, which is New Shooter Canada. Check out the event on the Facebook page. And uh, just to let you know that uh, there is a spot that has opened up as of today. The Handgun Fundamental Course on the 24th. Uh, with R.J. Woods and Fire Arts Solution Training. Uh, I heard, I heard Stacy's taking that class. She is. Did you hear? You heard that too, eh? That's good. Yeah, she is yeah. taking the class. So am I. So, um, but yeah. So we have a position that's opened up. Um, so it's fifty dollars, and if you want to take it, uh, just uh, email us and send us fifty bucks. And what we'll time does that start on uh, Friday? What time do, it starts at nine? Oh, in the morning. Nine. Yeah, nine to four. <laughs> Huh. Um, right. And RJ, what he's going to be doing is he's going to be doing the handgun fundamental, un- handgun fundamentals, and then he's going to do a little bit of the urban pistol, and he might even be able to introduce a bit of the active killer defense program that he went and did as well. 
Yeah, I want to I want to get in on that, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be there in time. We're we're planning on leaving Thursday night, but uh, I don't yeah. know how tired I'll be in the morning. But we'll see. Maybe I'll I'll wander over and just eavesdrop. Okay, that'll so, be fun yeah. too. He'd like to see you too. So sure. Uh, this next one is in Adriel's neck of the woods. Adriel, that's your cue. This is uh, Got Your Six. It's a Wounded Warrior charity shoot being held at the Edson Fish and Game Club, uh, which is the One Wild Range here in Alberta, July 16th to 17th. You can go to gotyoursixshoot.com for more information. Awesome. Very good. And Trevor, you haven't said anything in a while. All right. Um, this comes to us from Jason, the 2016 CNSCA Sporting Clays National Championships at the Wapiti Shooters Club in Grand Prairie, September 1st to the 4th. Registration can be done at, there's a long URL that we'll put in the show notes. It's uh, winscoreonline.com, shooters, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's basically go to blah, 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 and you'll get there. Blah, 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 sportingclays.com. There you go. That's basically, that's what I hear whenever you talk archery. Blah, 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 blah. archery, blah, 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 arrows, blah, 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 <laughs> spine. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you hear when he talks about flying no because trevor actually likes flying okay. very much so yeah, yeah and i actually awesome. do like archery i just like making oh, fun of trevor i'm going to the abbotsford air show in uh august when i'm in vancouver That's how awesome i'm hanging is up that? on you nope we're no two longer. days gosh, oh, walk around. oh my god yeah can't wait so much fun get you know what, the video or something or pictures or something the, I, VIP tickets for two days were like three twenty-five or something ridiculous like that. I'm like, oh. Uh, then my brother-in-law calls me today. He's like, so tickets are twenty bucks. I'm like, in okay, yeah. yeah. Matthew, yeah. Uh, the Trenton Air Show is during the same time as the charity shoot as well. well. You may not see me then. Yeah, it's on the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Just I wonder if I can get an ATT out to the airport. <laughs> Oh, that would be cool. To, maybe I'll, yeah. Well, we'll anyway, carrying yeah. on. Um, we are, what, up to the Western Canadian Challenge is open? Oh, that's Sporting Clays again. All right, so that's at the Golden District Rod and Gun Club. So that's more Sporting Clays. A lot of Sporting Clays going on. And uh, Fire Art Solutions Training, Active Killer Defense Course, August 21st in London, Ontario. Course is $150. It's free for teachers. And you can visit FAST's website for detail, which is uh, fireartsolutions.ca slash active-killer-defense.html. I bet you you could just go to fireartsolutions.ca and click on the appropriate links. Um, and then apparently there are some details coming soon on a handgun fundamentals one course in St. Paul. Do you know anything about that, Trevor? What's going on with that? All I know is uh, Team Ferlacci will be putting the mental back in fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to have a meeting say, on that um, soon, actually. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to get some emails out to those who are registered uh, pretty quick here that has details on where you can camp and all that kind of stuff. They yes. will be camping on site if you need to, uh, which is kind of the cheap and cheerful way of doing things. And uh, completely unrelated to the Handgun Fundamentals course, my, my Skype right now has... Amazon.com ads for MSA Sorden earphones, and it's creepy, and I don't know where it got those. Those were the, the ones that you can get the gel yeah. cups on. That, yeah, uh, motorboarding. Yeah. The inter yeah. The internet. It's showing it to me right now. <laughs> the internet watches everything we do, man. Yeah. I looked at something on Amazon one day, next day, and not next day, like within hours, it's in my Facebook feed. Yeah. I haven't seen it in Skype before, though. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. i got to figure out how to do that. To Yes, Skype's starting to yeah. All right, then. Yep. So, shall we move on to the news? The, the news. news. The news. So, who put this one in about the uh, BB gun? Me. Go. 
<laughs> All right. Online photo of, how do you pronounce that word? Airdrie. Airdrie. Airdrie toddler holding BB gun causes a stir. An Airdrie mom stands by her family's decision to let their two-and-a-half-year-old pose with an uh, pose with and shoot a BB gun. Cindy O'Hara took the picture over the weekend of her son, Jackson, holding... Oh, God. Okay, folks, <laughs> I took this off CBC, so only CBC <laughs> would refer to it as a weapon. <laughs> Cindy O'Hara took the picture over the weekend of her son, Jackson, holding the weapon. She posted it online. For the most part, reaction to the picture was positive, she said. But others who have responded negatively, calling O'Hara and her husband irresponsible, the negative comments, I mean, some of them, this is a quote, the negative comments, I mean, some of them were pretty harsh. Bashing me as a mom, said O'Hara, a stay-at-home mom and runs a day home. What is a day home? I think it's daycare is what they probably meant to say. It's daycare. Yeah. Way to go, CBC. I'm glad my government She runs a day home? She has to go somewhere else for her night home. No, it's, so, yeah. it, that's that's the terminology. I don't know. Maybe it's an Alberta thing or not or really? something. But that's that's oh. a terminology thing out here. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. a day home is a daycare. Right, yeah. You're too lazy to throw the word care in there. Anyway, the things we knew. Yeah. So um, anyway, the story goes on, and um, basically, she is defending it, and good for her. She didn't kowtow no. to uh, pressure on uh, social media. Um, she's defending it and saying, "Listen, it's fine." Um, the RCM, the photo caught the attention of the RCMP, and here's another quote. It's what we do out there, and it's good practice, she said. My eight-year-old was shooting at targets and was beating the adults. We will take them to a proper shooting range, though, and get them taught properly, for sure. Oh, this is, okay, so this wasn't the RCMP section, but, uh, uh, da, 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 da. Another quote, um, because of social media, my husband and I yesterday. All right, that's it. I thought they got a, a call quote. from the RCMP. The RCMP right. yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, one of the moms on Adriel's wife's Facebook group called the RCMP, O'Hara said. And we actually, yeah, that too. We actually received a call from the RCMP yesterday wanting to investigate, you know, to get the details right. The details are mind your business. I read a quote somewhere that said, you know, there's no law or age limit against shooting an air rifle on your property. So the RCMP basically also said, you know, smart not people. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty dumb. I mean, really, it's it a picture of a, of a child holding a BB gun. Do you really need to call the cops? Really? I mean, that is like beyond. You remember what happened to the child um, in Ontario, her father? Yes. Um, she drew a picture of her dad with holding a gun. Holding a gun, yep. Social workers came and like kept her there, and they arrested him and strip searched him. And oh god, it was awful. Yep. Yeah, mm. Crazy. yeah. I was so yeah, yeah, funny enough. Um, I, I was listening to uh, CBC radio because there's like no talk radio on here. So I was listening to CBC radio, and the callers in were mostly pro gun. There's people saying, "Hey, it's not a weapon. You guys are calling it a weapon. It's not a weapon. It's a firearm. It's just a tool." And then a couple of other people called in. Um, uh, Scott Stacks, who is a trainer out here, he called in and just mentioned, "Hey, you know, you know, it's you know, two and a half is a little bit young, but it's fine if you're if you're um, watching them." Uh, I started my kids when they were seven, eight, somewhere in there, and they're fine as long as you watch them and make sure that you raise them up right. And if if you do it first, you have the advantage in that you can show them the right way of doing it, 
and you don't leave it up to chance that they're going to learn their gun safety from Call of Duty or some dumb thing online or from their friends, right? Exactly. And I, we've always been saying that. I strongly encourage children to be exposed to firearms because it takes away the mystery right away. Just have them be another part of life. Look, here's a gun. This is what we do to it. Like the car, you're not allowed to operate it by yourself. When daddy's around or mommy's around, we can play with the gun for sure. We'll go to the range. We'll put on the hearing protection and eye protection, and we'll learn the, the basic safety rules of shooting a gun and we'll have some fun shooting targets i mean do that in a positive environment instead of saying hey don't touch that don't look at that that's bad that's not for you you know that just makes them want to do it more mm-hmm. yeah i think i had a baby bb gun when i was like five completely unsupervised but that was back then <laughs> that was yeah. back then me, me too yeah. adriel i remember walking around my grandfather's farm with a uh a pump action BB gun. I also remember shooting myself in the thumb with it once somehow. <laughs> that hurt. That doesn't a surprise lot. me at all. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you'll shoot your eye. You out. learn. You shoot your uh, eye out, or you shoot your thumb off, one or the other. Right. I, I, I bagged my first squirrel when I was five, and we had it stuffed. It stood on the <coughs> mantle in the living room for years. <laughs> Awful. High society. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say, Kelly? I was just going to say, his older brother was shooting with, and the kids were using the BB guns, and they were shooting with it, and he wanted to be like his older brother. They gave him a BB gun that was not functioning. Right. One of the... One of the things, like, I, I agree, you know what, you know, teach them uh, young, teach them early, and they'll respect it. But he really did want to be like his big brother. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other thing is, like, people got a little bit freaked out about the picture. One reason is because of the fact that uh, he was pointing the the weapon, uh, the BB gun, at the person who was ever taking the picture. So, you know, I can understand them being a little upset about that. But, yeah, you know what? Teach them, you know, don't point it at anybody. You never, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all that. But, yeah, you know, he just wanted to be like his big brother. That's right. And I don't want to keep beating this dead horse because I think it's time to move on to the next story. But I just got to read these last three lines from, from this article. Um, Craig Beatty agrees. He says, I'd never let a child that young handle a firearm. He said, it's not right. It's just not smart. His wife, Carol Drisdale, flinched when shown the photo of Jackson with the broken BB gun. I don't like it. Even though it's broken, I don't think it's appropriate. She flinched when shown a photo of a child holding a broken BB gun? How do you... I mean, I, I saw some flinching at the range this weekend, but I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and you did your best to try and correct it, and I appreciate it. Uh, that's just uh, I, I I don't I this is the mindset of some of the people we're up against. They they can't even look at a picture of a gun and not be physically shaken. Like come on, people! No, like you don't have a you don't have a right to to not be offended. Oh, drives me nuts. Anyway, let's move on before my blood pressure goes through the roof. All right, what, what's this uh, S and J bot Spatha? Who put that I in? Put, I I I put it in with a question mark on whether we'd cover it or not. All right. Are we covering it? <laughs> Trevor? <laughs> I don't Bueller. care. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back after the show's outtakes wearing a bathrobe. And you're still here? <laughs> <laughs> so S&J will be carrying this bath line of uh, muzzle brakes. Were there any other products or is it just the muzzle brakes? Uh, just the muzzle brakes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. well, that's they put out some pretty cool looking muzzle brakes. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, S&J actually has a, a decent... Uh, retail network that you know of, of retailers that they they sell to so it should uh, it should get it more widespread and get it uh, out on store shelves more awesome that's cool uh, yeah so you can actually win one 
both S and J and Spatha donated Amazon break for the uh, charity event. Ah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, and the last story, I guess, uh, is Wholesale Sports launches the True North series from Weatherby. The True North okay. rifle was designed by Scott. The senior product man. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could Did, see, if if the listeners could see what, what his last name looks like, you will understand why I skipped right over it. <laughs> Pulvermacher. Pulvermacher. Pulvermaker. Pulvermacher. Anyway, uh, this yeah. guy, he's the uh, senior product merchant for hunting firearm or hunting firearms with wholesale sports, and created in partnership with Weatherby. It was designed with fellow Canadian shooters in mind. After Scott recognized an opportunity in the market for a Cerakote barreled action rifle with a walnut stock, this exclusive firearm pairs state-of-the-art Cerakote technology with Weatherby's legendary sub MOA accuracy guarantee. A quality walnut Monte Carlo stock provides traditional warmth and a comfortable feel with an excellent cheek weld. The cutting edge of burnt bronze polymer ceramic 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 bronze. What did I say? Burnt bronze. Yeah. Burnt bronze polymer ceramic ceracote barreled action provides abrasion and corrosion resistance while matching the satin finished walnut stock handsomely. The combination is very unique and shoots extremely well. For every True North rifle sold, one hundred dollars will be donated to the Wounded Warriors Canada. The Korth Group will also be donating a portion of all loophole scope sales to Wounded Warriors Canada. So that's a, that sounds like a cool rifle if you're looking for a nice, high-quality sort of, I don't know, cu- cutting-edge kind of accurate hunting rifle. Did Jason well, Philp send this to you guys, too? He sent this to me, and I yes. didn't. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, and I, I saw it pop out a, a couple of times. But yeah, but Jason, Jason sent this in. So, I mean, the, their base rifle is right around 1000 bucks. They have a package that has a loophole, uh, very VX3 scope, some ammo, and some other things for seventeen hundred. Um, it's, I I think it's a little bit pricey for uh, what what amounts to a Vanguard, because uh, it's uh, what are, the Vanguards are based on just a, a Howell rifle, right? So it's a it's a Howell rifle with a, a walnut stock and and a Cerakote on it. So it's a I I think it's a little bit expensive, but I think the uh, I like the um, angle that they're uh, using here to raise money. Cool. Joining us this week for our main topic, we have a couple of instructors who we've asked to come on to uh, school McClatchy and I in uh, the ways of teaching the Padawan gun learner. Rick uh, Rick Woods from uh, Fast Fire Art Solution Training Academy and Brian Sheets, the, uh, the good half of Valkyrie Defense. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. And actually, Jason just Jason showed up just too. Joined in. So, oh, perfect! That did work. Yeah. Out. So the back. Yeah, I, heard, I heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> he was right. You're right. You're right. You know. Awkward. Huh? Jason, you, Jason, you you had a message for me that you wanted the world to hear right out the gate, or you want to squeeze that in later whenever you I'm feel gonna, appropriate. I'm going to try to be professional, but I doubt that 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 will last. Okay. Good. Well, you're you on the right good. show. Yeah. I mean. So, well, gentlemen and Jason, uh, thank you all for, for coming on. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, Matthew. Why you got to laugh like that? <laughs> oh, God. All right, I'll wait till somebody's done crawling out of their sleeping bag, and then I'll continue. Okay, we good? Super. All right, no, uh, guys, um, as you may or may not know, Matthew and I are uh, starting up our own training program. We've got our first class scheduled in Alberta 
um, this coming August, and we are experienced instructors, but within a very narrow context, we teach skills, uh, both the rules and the practical shooting components of the sport of IPSC. So we want to branch out and start teaching the, um, the fundamentals of shooting, uh, and then we'll develop other courses, much like Valkyrie Defense has, and as I imagine Rick will as well. And we thought we'd have you on tonight to discuss your experiences early on in your careers as instructors, what has worked, what didn't work, uh, what you would do differently, knowing what you know now, that sort of thing. So um, I'd like to start with Valkyrie Defense, we because uh, they've been doing it longer than, than Rick uh, and have a bit more experience than all of us. And... Um, Guys, let's start with uh, how you got started and how long you've been doing it. Well, we've uh, we started was four years ago now, I think, and it was kind of a necessity in our area. We uh, we had uh, there was other training companies around, and they just weren't. Uh, they, there was a couple accidents. I think we've talked about them before on the show last time we were on, or the time before last. And uh, it's hard to forget the story about the instructor. Was it the instructor that shot a student in the arm or a student who shot a student in the arm? There was a couple incidents um, that happened. Um, Lancaster, um, the the instructor, shot the student um, because he wanted to demonstrate that the ladies did not need to remove their revolvers from their purse. And then, uh, let's see, the other one was uh, a student shot two other students during the course. Um, those were in Ohio. I mean, but that was just one of the, you know, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for us that said, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should make it better. And, uh, that, so that's why we got into it. Well, we're, and like we're, hoping say, to, we're hoping to put on a course where nobody shoots each other. That's for sure. That's, that's not well, part of our curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. If it is, I would just scratch that out, scratch that off the list. Okay, note of, to self, scratch, I'm, scratch I'm writing out. that down. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, not okay. shoot. Well, what if, what if he shoots me? I mean, that's probably okay by a lot of mm. your <laughs> Well, yeah, that's different. Podcaster on podcaster violence is appropriate. Is it? Okay. As All it right. should be, really. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, Jason, yeah. you don't have a podcast yet, do you? All What's right. Like, oh, hey, Jason. what's up? Oh, he's I'm here. Weird. I was just saying, Jason, you don't have I a was, podcast. I was doing something interesting. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, back to Brian. You were saying? So uh, it was about four years ago when we started this, um, and we kind of just uh, tried to make a difference. We just wanted to go out and give better information and, and put people um, on a better starting spot than what they were getting where we saw coming from other places. So Excellent. So four years now, and um, do you know exactly how many classes you put on in four years? No idea. Excellent. So that that's good. That means you're, <laughs> oh, that's great. That means you're busy, right? So um, are you doing a couple of classes a month? Are you guys doing this full-time now and you've given up day jobs? Where are you at with this? <laughs> we, we still have day jobs. Yeah, a couple yes. of classes a month. A couple uh-huh. classes a month and we do our gigolo thing during the day. So, Well, somebody's got to put bread <laughs> on the table, right? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Midget you, tossing is a huge thing down here. I don't know if you guys know that or not. It is big. Jason, well, it is Ohio. Sir. Jason, Jason <laughs> yes. I understand you are Brian's pimp. Is that correct? I'm my own pimp most of the time, but right. sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, as the need arises. Okay, cool. Yeah. Entrepreneurial um, spirit. You can do, do it yourself. Be your own boss. <laughs> now, Rick, Rick, I think you've kind of started out of a necessity um, they got into the business to try and step up the game 
because there are trainers out there and they're just not really the best that they can be. Um, but up here, Rick, I think that um, there's a there's a lack of instructors. Wouldn't you agree? There's pretty much zero instructors, unless you want to do the black badge route, which uh, we all know it teaches you how to play the game and it doesn't really teach you any fundamentals, anything else. So it's uh, in my area, there's absolutely no one. And I think there's maybe a few, one guy in BC and one guy in Quebec maybe, but other than that, I think that's what it. Well, I mean, there, Rod was doing some instruction out in, out in BC and Dave, um, Caps, I believe, Dave Young uh, has Caps, but I believe that the Quebec CFO has shut him down. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah he he was, was, those are the people I was referring to, but uh, yeah, um, that's terrible that they shut him down, but he was doing more of the legal, like the Masada Yub type stuff in Quebec, wasn't he? Well, he was doing, he was, no, they shut him down because they don't feel that anyone should ever use a firearm for self-defense. They've come out and said that even if it's a quote unquote clean shoot, they will charge the person who uses the firearm to defend themselves and that no range certified by them will allow anyone to teach firearms, um, as a means of self-defense. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yep. That's Quebec. It's it's like New Jersey and California got together and had a bastard child, and it is Quebec. That's if if those people would come and live in Columbus for a month, I bet they'd change their minds. Mm. But possibly, or they become huge Hillary Clinton supporters. So true. So well, that's. Uh, I'll let you go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Rick, um, how many classes do you have under your belt now, and uh, where are you hoping to go? Uh, I've done about eight or nine. I try to do at least once a month. And uh, one every month, and uh, the odd month, I think I've squeezed in two. But um, we got uh, we keep going in different directions, and uh, we're kind of doing what the Caps guy was doing with the self defense uh, self defense pistol thing, and then that got shot down at my home club, and so uh, we had to branch out to different clubs. But uh, probably the same feeling that the the CFO had that some clubs just don't want to have that agenda as a something being taught within their on their ranges which is fine that's up to them and uh you know i'm lucky that brian bolivar you know set me up at his range for running that uh defensive pistol course there in uh, september in uh at his home range but uh there's a lot of resistance with uh you know people wanting to learn new things even with the fundamentals it's just like you want to teach what and i say why wouldn't we want to teach people fundamentals (laughs) you know or just even teaching people how to hold their gun safely and I just, it's always met with such resistance. And uh, I don't understand why when you're trying to make people better and safer, and then you get resistance for doing such a thing. You know, I, I don't understand how uh, people's minds work when it comes to guns. Like, if you're that scared of guns, maybe you should just sell them and just get out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, I, that happens more times than none, unfortunately. So it's obviously in, this, in Ohio, it's a completely different scene. But up here, we got CFOs and everyone's so worried about losing their certifications for their ranges. They don't want to piss the CFOs off. And I completely understand that. Uh, but if we're just talking about fundamentals, you know, you got to have a leap of faith that, uh, you know, we're not teaching people how to kill people. That's not that's not what we're trying to do here. So, Well, that's it. I mean, Matthew and I already know coming out of the gate that, we're, we're dealing with um, an attitude in Canada. Like I said about the um, active killer defense, I knew that that name wasn't going to be accepted in Canada. It's just for Canadians, it's too aggressive. It's not politically correct. And Matthew and I are approaching our training um, 
yeah, fundamentals, firearm safety. We're going to teach you how to be a better marksman. Um, and, you know, a gunfight's not a competition or a competition isn't a gunfight, but every gunfight is a competition. So ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're better off with your firearm and you have to use it, you'll be better at using it. But that's that's pretty much not the approach we're taking. I mean, we're going we're just calling our course, our first course, uh, handgun fundamentals. Right. The basic things you need to know to be good with your gun. That seems great. And people should accept that with open arms, hopefully. And I think you got your last filled up in Alberta, right? So, I mean, that's a good start. Um, Like, I have a waiting list for the fundamentals at my home club. And unfortunately, I've just been in the the mindset now where, you know, I try to do so much for the club and they don't really respect what I try to do. So, you know what? I'm just going to go other places and do my stuff there. And I don't really need them to thrive. And if people want to come into a different area or different club to get the instruction, they're great. I mean, people want to learn. And it's evident by the amount of uh, names I have on my waiting list that people are, they want to learn. They just need a place to go and learn. But to have some guy who thinks he knows, who's probably taught himself and his friends taught him how to shoot. And now he wants to teach the course because he wants that, you know that name over his door saying hey i'm the firearms instructor at the club hey if that's what you're into man you're doing everyone a disservice because you're not qualified you're probably teaching techniques that are expired and out of date and not relevant anymore mm-hmm. so a lot of people it's are like, so much go ahead brian i was gonna say you just described a lot of the nra instructors in our area you know i took that nra uh, pistol instructor course in michigan and it was uh, a pay to play it was you show up yep. you pay the money and i'm like this is this is a joke and uh, i was just like this is that was my first time dealing with the nra and i was shocked that that was the level that they were operating from so and at the end of it it was like hey the canadian shoots better than us i'm like hey you know <laughs> you know i do a lot of shooting you guys don't shoot at all, but you want to teach other people how to shoot like that just seems like a crazy pyramid scheme. So, but, but that's their marketing thing. Right. So um, we tend to hear that a lot, actually, uh, that the Canadians shoot better than the Americans. And I don't think that that's it. And that's probably not a, a valid stereotype. I don't think that holds true for everything, but I think that whenever a Canadian is willing to jump through all of the hoops to go to the States and shoot, they're usually somebody who's, put a lot of time and energy into shooting and so they've probably got a lot of experience and so i'm never surprised whenever we get somebody who goes down to the states and, and does really well and uh well, it's it's kind of a proud moment for us as canadians up here i guess but you know that's not we, to get a lot of huh? we get a lot of people that take that take advantage of of the rights than that we have and they get complacent I, or or they grew up with such a young age with a gun in their hand and they think they know everything all the, you know right off the bat we get that a lot in our basic class which is a you know our basic concealed handgun class where you know i've been i've been shooting guns since you know for 40 some years and and you know i pretty much know everything but i'm only here just for my wife you know i wanted to make sure she came because you know because i was a man i was born knowing how to shoot and drive right and that's pretty much how we get all the time and then <laughs> funny thing is is the the wife typically outshoots the husband and because he can't accept you know instruction very well the wife is open to under you know open to um uh just uh, pointers and 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 to take those fundamentals that we're going to give her and apply them and then he's going to you know just do what he's been doing and not listen to any of us and we, you know, we get the exact same yeah the exact same phenomenon happens up here as well and it's not unique to um, firearms instruction either. Uh, I run into that in archery. We run into that 
in driving, like you said, uh, that is yeah, that is a that's a testicular problem. That's not a gun problem or an archery problem. Yeah, that's, that's an ego directly, problem. Is what that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> no, <Sorry. laughs> and and you know, just just to be the one to not uh, you know be all anti male stereotype. I've seen it coming from females too. I I can think of yeah. three or four off the top of my head who have come to the range with me who thought that they knew everything already. And the same thing applied. They just, you know, they didn't do as well as they could have because they just wouldn't listen. But, you know, I, I don't think it's a male versus female problem. I think it's an ego versus I'm willing to learn problem. Whenever you go yeah. out to the range and whenever you go to a course and you're willing to learn, you're going to do a lot better than if you show up thinking you've already know it all. Why, why are you even there if you think you already know it all? Just go home and make our day a little easier. Mm. Uh, we have requirements that they have to be in that class. Like if they want to carry a concealed handgun... They have to be in that class, so that's why they're there sometimes. Right. So then yep. you get that unteachable attitude of, well, I have to be here. You're not going to teach me anything I don't already know. Right. But Well, then you could just fail them, right? We could. Yeah. But well, what we break through at, that because we're so yeah, good. <laughs> well, we try, and right. and most of the times we're very successful at that. Jason works very well with people one-on-one. Uh, we had a lady last weekend who never shot a handgun before uh, in her life came out, shot one one round and was like, oh, hell no, and was ready, ready to leave. Yep. And Jason talked her off the cliff, took her off to the side, and he worked very well with her. He's great one-on-one where I, where I kind of lack. Um, so that's how we can get through to certain people. Um, we both have our different qualities as instructors, and, and you guys will as well. You, and you'll the more you teach and the more classes you do, the more you'll figure out what role each of you plays. And that, that's something that, as a team, you'll, you'll have to figure out over time. Well, right. I think we've already figured it out, and I think the same thing applies to Matthew and I. I can bark orders at a whole line, but I lose patience quickly one-on-one with somebody where I watched Matthew on Saturday take, take somebody who has been shooting for a while but was struggling recently and take somebody who was brand new, and he stuck with them all day. I mean, he never got tired of coaching them, never got tired of encouraging them, never got tired of correcting them. Where after a while, I'm just like, oh, I'm so over it. Just don't hurt yourself. <laughs> so I think that's going to be the kind of the roles that we'll get into. He definitely is kind of, I think, excelling on the one-on-one over me. And that's cool because um, you both need to have uh, good, cap, good cop, bad cop or group well, we, leader. We definitely got to have our separate roles because we both can't be good at the same thing. Otherwise, why are we a team? Well, exactly. Well, yeah. and, so. and, you know, one of the, one of the problems teaching a class is that uh, you have a variety of skill sets. You're going to have people who learn fast or or come to the class who already know a lot of stuff, and then you're going to have people who don't know anything. So I mean, you can't you can't teach the whole class to the lowest common denominator. And if you've got two people, the nice thing is you know you you can put one person on special projects and get them to you know get those people who came with uh, or who are li- maybe a little bit slower learning or started with nothing and get them up. Uh, at the right pace so they they still learn and they still take something away from the class while you're not doing a disservice to the people who came there uh, looking to learn something a little bit harder right Right. Uh, sorry Kelly go ahead that was what my question was going to be both to Rick uh, and both Brian and and Jason Um, I know when I went to uh, Ohio and did the the class with uh, Jason and Brian uh, my skill set was almost nothing and uh you know, I went with Kevin, and his was obviously quite quite a, a lot better. Um, and you were able to actually work with uh, everybody in the group and that as well. I improved, but I also know that, um, you know, there's a lot more improvement for me. Yes. I didn't feel, I don't know. I don't know 
afterwards if I was talking to Kevin if he felt that he didn't get as much out of it as he could have. But uh, how do you how do you balance that? Who wants to answer that? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I'll take a stab at it. Um, you know what? Everyone's going to come up with uh, show up with different skills, and which is great. Um, I work with two other guys. They help me out. Uh, they've been with me almost since the very beginning, and they come up, they volunteer their time, and they're great with helping people who really don't need a lot of help just get through the drills. But then we have a huge uh, age to, age stretch sometimes. We had you know some retired couple that came out. They were a little bit more high maintenance, and you know uh, you could focus in on them. Um, but you just got to focus on the people that really are um, that need their skills brought up. And unfortunately, you know, you try to balance, you know, all your time throughout the day and, and it's really, really tough. Uh, but still, you got to make it fun for everyone and you can't have people waiting around going, this is freaking boring. You know, the guy's not even instructing me. Just tell me what to do. I'm putting holes in paper. I'm not learning anything. So you got to kind of go up and personally touch every single student. Maybe not physically touch them, but, you know. Well, Trevor will. Inspire it. Trevor, I touch them. Yeah. I like to touch <laughs> them. Yeah. Well, I you them. I get smell their hair. All right. Before we before we go off track too quickly here from my comments, sorry about that. Um, you brought up a point just a second ago, Rick, where you said it's important for the class to have fun. And I, I know where Trevor and I are teaching our course. It's not a mandatory course that people can conceal carry. And Rick, you're not teaching a course that people have to have before they can go to the range or whatever. But Brian and Jason, you you are. Um, with, with you guys where your course is mandatory, do you, do you still find it important to make sure that the class is having fun or are they not even interested in that? Do they just show up? They want the info they want to get out. Oh, if you, if you read some of our reviews, I mean, they, they all have fun. They love it. They love our corny jokes and you got to make it interesting. It's all, you know, it's what the state says we have to teach, but you have to make it interesting. You have to make it relatable and you have to make it all, all, all levels be able to understand it. Right. Mm, and yeah. so far for us, that has not been a challenge. Good. Yeah. And Rick, I know, what about you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trev. I was just going to say, I know that um, between um, our corny, goofy personalities, like with Matthew and I, there's a certain aspect of they're coming to get entertained somewhat, but they're coming to learn as well. And then I have a coaching background where um, I can assess whether or not learning is occurring. Right. I can choose a learning outcome for the activity and then I know at the end of the activity whether or not they've reached that outcome. I can look at it and go, okay, did you just do work or did you actually learn something as a result of what you just did? And then evaluate it and go back. Like I've got that experience that I can that I can take to it. Um, when you've got some how do you reach the uh, the whole class? I think it was Kelly's question. Uh, I've okay. seen with coaching archery um, I, I often don't like to work with a new archer as much as I think it's important to give them a strong foundation. The first time they pick up the bow, I'm more into, all right, now let me refine your technique and get you that last couple of three points you need to get a perfect score. So I can almost see Matthew and I doing that too, where Matthew has the patience for the newbie. Then I can look at the person who's been shooting for a couple of years, analyze their form and technique and go, this is why you're doing what you're doing. Now let's correct it. Where Matthew is talking about, you know, unlock your knees, don't flinch the muzzle. I can torque the, you know, tweak the grip a little bit, tweak the stance a little bit, stuff like that. And that's actually perfect because that's something that I'm not very good at is is tweaking that last little bit. And so the fact that you are good at that, that's that's going to bode well for us. I think so. Cool. So it's important to have fun at the at the range then. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And learning must take place. And so yeah. 
Can we jump back to, um, especially for, for, I mean, Rick, you've got some, some classes under your belt and you're learning every time you do one, but I want to hear from, from Jason and, and, uh, Brian first, because they've been doing it so much longer. Is there anything that, uh, you wish you knew then and that you would do differently if you were starting over tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That's a really um, insightful question. I know from me, one, it didn't, I like, I looked it up. I didn't actually come up with it. <laughs> I, I, so try and answer it anyway. To be honest, uh, I think another advantage that we have over a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a few is that we have, you know, we can have some big classes. We can have, you know, 20, 30, tw- up 20 or 30 people in a class sometimes. For the two of and, you. Yeah, the two of us. But That's we have, class. but we have four pe- we have four guys. So if you ever see me refer to, you know, my squad, that's mm-hmm. who yep. I'm talking about. They've okay. been through a lot of the same training as us. They've been through all our courses. So a lot of times we'll bring them out, two or three, even four of them, out with us to the range. So I I can I am able to take somebody off to the side and work that work with them for twenty five or thirty minutes to work out a problem. And I don't have to worry that somebody's going to do something unsafe because they know just almost as much as I do about everything that's going on. Kind of like so range maybe, officers and line officers. You yeah. got your your lead instructor, and then you got your guys who are clearing guns. That's yeah, exactly absolutely. it. So I, if, I think if we would have done that earlier in the game, that would have helped us out. But okay. it always helps oh, to have help. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting to the point now where, where we can, and it's bring them in. You know, at first it was just us starting out, so the, the classes were smaller. And now that since they're growing, we can, we can really do that. And it's really nice, you know, to have them there. And, and you know, um, one of the things that, that I feel is over time you're going to see, well, with us that we found is – the equipment, you know, you're going to, you know, for the longest time, we didn't have just a whiteboard to write on, you know, and then we started using that and it got really, you know, we could see those visual learners um, see things and catch on a little quicker when you're using whiteboards, um, stuff like that. Uh, so equipment will evolve as well. I wish we would have known some stuff like that on just how the adult, the adult learns, just that learning cycle. Um, that was something that we took us a little while to 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 grasp and catch on to. So, mm, yeah, most oh, yes. of, okay. Most Go of ahead. the classes, most of the instructor development classes we take anymore, a lot of it is adult learning theory. That might be the first half day or whole day. Mm-hmm. So that's helped us a lot too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, and again coming back to you're able now to figure out did learning occur or did they jump through a hoop. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Rick, what about Rick? you? Is there anything that uh, you've learned from your experiences teaching so far that you'd uh, you'd pass on to us so that uh, we don't make maybe a mistake or maybe we could do something better? Or uh, I think I just like want to touch on like the uh, the resistance that I always come up across. I think mm-hmm. uh, firearms people and shooters they seem to think that they're all experts and they all seem to know everything. And I've always done it this way. Yeah. yeah, and and you're still my... still not the best. So apparently yeah, you're, you're still been doing sucking. it wrong. Yeah, you're still sucking. Yeah. So try something new. You know, and they're just uh, we should be out there helping each other, but we're out there almost like stabbing each other in the back. And that yeah. this seems to be um, what I come across in a lot of places. And it's, you got to find that small group of people, and hopefully that group of people just builds and builds and builds. But you know, if you're in a area that's not going to let you grow then you just got to go find somewhere else to grow and you know i'm always working on that and uh it just it's really disappointing you know we have enough problems with you know dealing with government and laws and stuff you know to be attacking each other and trying to put each other down like that's not helping you, you, know, you need and, to uh, move to new brunswick rick and a lot of that problem will go away 
And, and the <laughs> yeah. ironic thing is our first class is in Alberta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just like trying to become a black badge instructor, that was, you know, is it's like the hardest thing ever to is like pulling blood from a stone apparently. So, Oh, they don't um, want you. But, You're not part of that click, man. Ontario. Yep. It's a, it's a Ontario is a very tight knit, uh, click and, uh, you're an outsider to them. Hey, and uh, that's that's their thing. And hey, but we, have, many, that, you we know, have that here going too. in different directions and more. You know, I'm doing the things that I'm passionate about, and I can do those things now outside of gun ranges. I can do it at you know, I do the active killer defense programs in a gym somewhere, and I don't have to have really even touch a range. Um, but then if I can get people who want to be learning more about firearms, then hey, I can bring them into a different establishment. And we can say, hey, these are all your different guns you might come across. And if you want to get into guns, it's not about being pro-gun. It's about guns exist. So if you want to learn more about guns and maybe you want to get into guns after that, great. Awesome. That's a bonus. But, uh, you know, we just got to find the, the right people to work with. And, uh, you know, we're working on some things here in London that hopefully will uh, uh, grow the firearms industry in a much better way. And uh, we don't have to deal with, uh, you know, membership, you know gun clubs and stuff so we'll, we'll see what happens in the future here and uh, uh for me at least awesome so gentlemen um let's get into the uh let's to the meat and potatoes of it here how do you teach someone to shoot a gun what kind of drills are you doing what are you teaching um you doing like the traditional sight pitcher trigger press grip stance you know when we talk about fundamentals what are you guys focusing on what are you actually doing to teach someone and how do you measure their learning? How, what's your base mark? What's your, how do you know if they're better at the end of the class? Do you have a drill that you do at the beginning and then you do the same drill at the end and have some measure of success to see if they've improved? What do you guys do? Oh, we, you know, we're fundamentals. Like in our basic class, it's fundamentals. That's what we, you know, sight alignment, sight picture, trigger press, follow through, a hold control, breath control, whatever, all those other ones that are on top of that. But it really boils down to sights and triggers. And that's what we kind of, on our basic class, we really focus on getting people to understand where those fundamentals are at. Now, our advanced course is applying those fundamentals while decision-making at the same time. Um, yeah, yep, that's, okay, good. that's complex. And, and so back to the basic class, like you said, where do we have a baseline? We start out just um, because some of these people have never even touched a gun before. We start out with only one round in a magazine because what we want – one of the – things for the state that says they need to be able to um, be able to um, safely load, unload, and manipulate a handgun. It's one of those, one of those um, requirements. So that, that's all they're doing, and they're demonstrating to us there on the range. But also at the same time, we're keeping it as a safe environment as we can. They have one round. They're going to fire one round, and then we're going to come back, and we'll probably do that five or six times. Um, we're making sure people can understand how to load that magazine, how to load their gun, how to overhand rack to put that round in the chamber, run a safety stand at high compressed ready, you know, stuff like that. Um, we always give them one throwaway round. That's what we always joke around. The first the first round of the day is your throwaway round. You know, you press the trigger. Don't worry about where it goes. Just press the trigger. If you can hit, you know, what we're trying, what we're telling you to shoot at, hit it, great. Uh, if not, we're going to kind of, that's when we're kind of evaluating, okay, at that point we can kind of see who, who's, those first two or three rounds, all right, who's doing a decent job, who needs a little work. And then we can kind of pick and choose there on the line of who needs a little extra attention. And then from there, then it's, you know, we just move our way up and we're just constantly focusing on those fundamentals in that basic class. Um, but at the end of the day, we always do what's called a cloverleaf drill. 
where they have to they put three rounds in the magazine. You know, we will do those drills and we'll do a little bit of fast fast shooting drills like um, up commands where they're up fire multiple rounds high center chest or Mozambique something like that where they're transitioning, um, doing doing multiple targets and stuff like that. But then we'll slow it back down at the end of the day, back to the fundamentals, and then make them shoot what's called a clover leaf drill, which is three rounds, and you try to put all three rounds in the same hole. So they find a point of aim, punch out at their pace. You know, we tell them when to fire, go ahead, fire, fire your three rounds into that high, uh, into that bullseye or whatever shape or number or whatever you call out. And then at the end of the day, you just kind of compare that first group of five that they shot to those last three. And hmm. typically, you're going to see those people inc- or you know drastically improve over time over because- just spending that that hundred rounds with us. Because throughout the day you're inter you're you know you're intervening and you're correcting grip and you're correcting trigger press and yeah it we haven't discussed this before right but what you described sounds almost identical to <laughs> what Matthew and I have laid out for a curriculum so it's because you you've stolen our intellectual property we did we, uh, <laughs> yes your international <laughs> international intellectual property thieves that's that's what we are and that's why Just like us. we do so well yep Just like, yeah exactly right well, <laughs> because and, that's all any of us have done. Yeah, but the, I mean, well, go exactly. take a class, throw away the garbage, and teach what you want. Teach what you think yeah. is best. Yeah. Yes, I yes. don't know that Matthew and I talked much about the unloading and the unloading, or uh, loading and unloading. But I think um, it's 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 part of black bad. So we were probably going to cover it anyway. Probably, like, yeah. but, but I think Most people coming to you is going to that you guys that are going to they don't, they're not required to be there. You know, that's no, right. That's Most right. of the people who are with us uh, are already. Um, you know, well, yeah, they're already shooters. They already sort of know what's going on. We're just there to help them get a little better. So yeah, we probably see. don't need to start with the one round in the chamber. He no. says that. He says that. And I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I make no assumptions about any of these people. And the CYA and me says, assume they're idiots and know nothing. And for the <laughs> first, like, couple of minutes, treat them like they're dangerous. Okay, the, other, the other pro to the one round is that they're building that skill. They're building that load, rack, unload, gun is safe skill. Yeah, so we have exactly. them do that 5 or 10, 15, 20 rounds as much as we need to see everybody doing the same thing and everybody's doing it safely. And it's just it's just building that procedure or protocol in their mind. Every time mm-hmm. I'm loading a gun, I do it like this because we have just a lot of people like- that come in at zero. So I don't yeah. assume that anybody has a certain level of skill. Mm-hmm. Well, Trevor, the, uh, all the Albertans are born with revolvers, uh, you know, in the in the care package that you get when you're a baby. So oh, we've all got revolvers, and we're all going to be uh, wearing ten gallon hats and uh, cowboy boots. So don't worry about perfect. it. Perfect. For, um, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We'll be good then. <laughs> yeah. Generally, I mean, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was going to say, and generally, within those first five or five or six rounds that we're shooting one at a time, if anybody has a 1911, it takes the crap. <laughs> and, then and then we stick real guns in their hands and then they the world so, is right jason yeah. he's talking to you mr yes. philp yeah so we've got at least one 1911 registered in the class maybe maybe two of archie perry shows up but i i i have archie perry's new 1911 in my possession and i will ensure that it runs before he gets it i'm just saying i think a tomahawk is a better choice that's all i'm saying I would concur. You don't have to unjam a tomahawk. Is that what you're saying? No. Well, from a skull. I mean, right. I was going to say it, but I didn't. Okay. All right. Well, um, one of the things too, I don't want, you know, we kind of sound like we're dumbing it way down, but like we said, it's our basic class. And some of these people, you know, when you come to our advanced class, the first thing we're going to do though, in our advanced class is, 
is right back to fundamentals because in our advanced class, they are these people are coming back to take to take a class. So at least they are interested enough in that. But when they come back, we don't know where they're coming from because a lot of them are our, are our former students. But those people will also bring their friends who already have the concealed handgun license. Hey, these guys teach a class. I hear it's really good. Come with me, you know, come, come back. Let's, let's see what, you know, and then we, so at that same time, we're like, okay, we haven't seen them. We kind of keep an eye on them. Okay. Let's load, let's load, you know, uh, five rounds in our magazine. And we're going to, there's, uh, you know, there's five squares across the bottom. We want you to go through there and they're two inch squares. Go ahead. And we want you to put one round in each of those squares straight across, you know, shooters ready fire. And then we can kind of, again, based off of what we see, who do we need to focus on fundamentally in this these first maybe 50 rounds um, before we start moving into you know drawing movement silent or drawing movement you know complex thinking stuff like that um, we, but we want to make sure everyone understands that it don't matter what advanced style of shooting you're doing you you're if you're doing low light shooting if you're doing vehicle combatives you're doing close quarter combat stuff it all comes back to that trigger press and sight alignment sights and triggers is what it all boils down to really in the end if, whether you're going to make the hit or not. So we still always fun, focus on those fundamentals. Well, that's right. Without the fundamentals, you can't build on anything. No, you can't. You have nothing. You're just, you're, you know, it's ballistic masturbation. You're just throwing away rounds. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, you're it's not, belt, if it's belt fed, you don't need all that stuff. Well, you know, you accuracy by volume, then. <laughs> and that's always yeah. fun, too. Yeah. Uh, but Rick, otherwise, so, heard, so much fun. <laughs> Rick, we haven't heard from you in a while. What, uh, what sort of drills and what sort of uh, techniques do you start off with whenever you are, are teaching your courses? Uh, I like to do the diagnostic check at the very beginning, you know, 10 rounds slow and then 10 rounds fast to just kind of see where everyone's at. And within the first, you know, 20 rounds, you can pretty much have a great idea of where the day's going to go and what everyone's level of uh, previous experience is at. And then we can just go from there. And if people are all over it like a shotgun pattern, then we know who we need to spend more time on. And if everyone's getting, you know, one on top of each other, then awesome. We can expand the course and maybe we can move faster. But there's never a chance a class where everyone's always you know everyone's at the same level there's always going to be some strong people there's going to be some weaker people and we'll just bring them all up together so the diagnostics is uh, pretty much the best thing to do to start off any day for me um, and then i like to just make it more efficient it's about trigger insights you know everyone has a different stance you can say this is the textbook stance but then we had you know people with medical conditions and people with some other hindrances and stuff so you're like we got to find what's going to work best for you and to make the gun work to make you work with the gun and we will evolve from there we can't say thou must do this because sometimes that doesn't always work so we got to find what works for the student so it's very streamlined you know uh, slight picture trigger control a lot of dry fire, you know, uh, the ball and dummy drill, which is just just the perfect thing just to get people within, you know, getting rid of that flinch and anticipation of the shot because that's a huge thing with everyone, even, you know, um, people who've been shooting a lot. Like, it's you, you really need to get on top of that. Um, uh, and we do a lot of malfunctions. Um, people don't really practice malfunctions. I can teach you how to clear a malfunction, but unless you do it at least three times, you're going to screw it up. Yep. And it's like watching, uh, I use this analogy now everywhere. I can show you a video how to swim, but when you actually <laughs> get thrown into the lake, you're going to drown because just by watching the video. And uh, it's like, I'm going to set you up with a stovepipe. I'm going to show you how to clear the stovepipe. And I guarantee you guys are going to screw it up. Like yep. It's just so easy, but you're going to screw it up. Yeah, and it's because you haven't first, done it before. you got to practice. Like you said, you got to do it a couple of times to get that muscle memory in. 
Exactly. Gosh. And it, it, it and seems so simple. Go ahead, Trevor. Well, you're, you're, you're so right because, I mean, I'm fairly competent with firearms, um, but I didn't retain anything about clearing malfunctions in an AR because we didn't do enough of it. So I didn't retain it, uh, you know, and I was shown three or four possible malfunctions in a rifle and we did them like once, maybe twice. He, he gave as much time as was reasonable in the course, but then I didn't go away and practice it. And that's no, it, I, right? And, and that's what, uh, I want to hear from, from the instructors again, um, Brian, Jason and Rick, do you guys tend to, um, give somebody a, like give the class a drill and then let them do it? you know, five or six times, or do you want to give them as much information as possible and then let them go home and practice it on their own time? I know if the human nature of it, they're not going to go home and practice it. Right. So you mm-hmm. like to give them that time right there on the range to actually practice it right then and there. I, that's the only way they're going to create that muscle memory and it's going to be absorbed in their system. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, cool. you know, and it's, uh, uh, the malfunctions, I'm sure, you know, the IPSC RO people have seen people shooting IPSC and there's so many wide variety of malfunctions and a lot of them are stymied on how to clear half of those malfunctions. And I just, it, it baffles me how you've gotten this far playing the sport and you don't know how to clear that simple malfunction or your mag not seated correctly, you know, or... <laughs> we got a beautiful it's... picture of somebody shooting their... Who, who was it? Filthy shot his Glock, and uh, the, we have a picture of his Glock halfway to the ground after the first shot because it wasn't seated. Or maybe the it mag. was Fred. I don't remember, but it was somebody. It was hilarious. It was filthy. It was the mag, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. Yeah, you the know, Glock even... didn't get halfway to the ground. The mag did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant mag. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No. Um, and and Brian or uh, Rick, you did actually bring up something um, a couple minutes ago that I wanted to touch on, but yeah, we went on another trail. Um, you said that uh, you'll you'll evaluate uh, where the shooters are at, and then maybe you'll make adjustments to the curriculum. Uh, do you guys like Brian and Jason? Do you guys do that as well? Like, will you adjust the curriculum based on the level of the students? Mm, yeah, in our advanced class, we'll we will adjust how fast we're going. Right. When do we I, when we move on to the next skill set? Exactly. I suppose in your mandatory class, you basically have to cover all of the material that they've given you. You can't just go ahead and skip something because you're confident that everybody knows it. Well, we like to keep that as consistent as possible across the board whenever we're teaching that class because that's the baseline classes. If someone's going to be involved in a shooting, that we can go back through and say, "Here's the outline of our course. Right. Here's what we taught them." Here's what they did on the range, and it's pretty much down to the down to the round of what we do. Exactly. Um, okay. But but we can still adjust that slightly to like Jason said to the skill of the class, where we can move through a little faster. If we see that everyone already knows how to load and unload the gun, we're going to be moving through, and we're going to okay. Let's just everyone from this point on full magazines, or this point on we're going to do ten rounds in each mag. Uh, who, who you know, or we just go to whatever the the smallest. Um, capacity gun is that's what we're going to put so we know we have them loading guns all at the same time right uh, or mag magazines at the same time while we're trying to teach another skill you know or adding something else to what they're going to do um but what you said earlier that question you had earlier that how you evaluate and practice or do or do you let them take it home that's part of the adult learning cycle really or that or the skill cycle you know you 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 learn learn a drill or learn a learn a skill practice the skill and then evaluate it and we try to do that right there on the range so and then while they're practicing it we're going through and pointing out okay here's the here's the little minute things you need to adjust in that technique in order to you know when we get to the evaluation stage to succeed you know to make it look good and make it smooth okay so that's kind of what that's kind of our theory on that there we're also trying to give them a 
a training methodology. We're trying to get them to under, so we talk about the skill development cycle and how they can pretty much take that home and do it with anything they want to, rifle, shotgun, anything they want to. So we're not just trying to teach them to shoot guns, but we're also trying to teach them how to train themselves to get better, to be able to analyze their shots, where to find this information, and try to be in the moment when they're pulling that trigger instead of just making noise. Mm, very good. Well, gentlemen, we got to wrap it up. But before we do, um, do you have any advice to offer to um, two new instructors? I don't know, guys. I just think it's great that you guys uh, are expanding into that, and there's no two better people I could think of in Canada that'd be perfect for it. So good for you guys. And if I can do anything to help you guys out, please let me know. And uh, I'd like to see you guys, you know, evolve, and uh, hopefully we'll meet in the middle somewhere in this uh, in this journey. Well, it won't oh, be I'm... long until we need our own chartered jet pilot. So if if maybe mm. we could we could hire you as our chartered pilot, that would be that'd be good. <laughs> Sounds Dude. great. Do you fly ultralights? I <laughs> said <laughs> jet, Trevor. Jet. I got the ultralights covered. Rick can fly the jets because I ain't touching okay. those. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully, Rick, we will collaborate in the future. Um, Jason and Brian, anything that you can offer us? Um, just know that you don't do, you don't know anything when you're starting out, and keep t- keep taking more classes and listen to people. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to learn just as much as the students are. Yeah, no, no. An instructor who doesn't take classes is not worth taking a class from. That's right. I totally agree. Don't don't be afraid to evolve too. Um, we. Well, I've from, been thinking uh, about turning first... into a butterfly. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> our first class, uh, it's nothing like our our last class, you know. Um, and we're going to keep evolving those courses in a better direction. Always take the information you get from people at the end of the day and apply that. And, and you know, you're always going to get suggestions like, well, I wish it didn't rain. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys yeah. are going to do evaluation sheets or if you're going to do um, yeah, I've, I've talking breakdowns at, at the end. We stopped using those. Um, we can talk about that as why later. But we, we talk to the people there as a group and say, what can we do to make it better? And then take those suggestions, the serious ones, and apply them. And you know, always sit down afterwards, after class, as uh, you know, as a group or as a team, however many people you have with you, working with you, and just say, okay, what could we have done better today? You know, where what went wrong, what went right, and then suggestions. Can we do this? Can we add this to the next class? And and you're going to see, as long as you can be have an open mind and evolve, you guys will be great. Oh, well, Matthew and I already have been doing that with uh, IPSC instruction. We've talked, I've taken him aside and, and said things, and he's taken me aside and said things, and we've then gone back and incorporated, incorporated that into our teaching for future classes. And I know, and I think Matthew will agree with me, we're both better instructors now than we were when we started back in 2012. I mean, hands down. Oh, absolutely, and, and I think that's just something that comes with experience, right? As we continue to, to, continue to do this, then uh, we'll, we'll just continually get better as well. Because of that reflection, right? Yeah. Questioning. Exactly. It's not just yeah. a matter of the experience. It's because we actually take the time to evaluate what we did, how we did, and how we what response we got from it. So, Awesome. Yep. Yep. Well, good. gentlemen, we can't thank you enough. Um, we know your time is precious, and um, it means a lot to us for you to come on and share your experiences and answer our questions with us. So we wish you, all three of you, the nothing but the best in your future classes and uh, looking forward to... Uh, hooking up and, and doing something together with you guys soon. Always. Great. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much. 
Well, once again, we want to thank Rick and Jason and Brian for joining us. And uh, you may have noticed that Adriel got very quiet. That's because he left. Um, basically, Brian insulted him. And, uh, and then Jason piled on. And Rick tried to defuse the situation, but it didn't work. And so Adriel just, he left. He went home. So or we- or he went and watched his kid play soccer. One or the other, you guys decide which is, which is the truth. <laughs> it's one of those shows, right? It's, it's one we of those. Three yeah. scenarios, and you have to determine you, you which pick. one is true. Yeah, yeah. So, which is fact yeah. and which you is pick fiction? The ending of the yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, choose your own adventure. Choose, I used to love those books. Oh, those are took so me, good, weren't they? Took me forever to read them though, because I'd always keep my thumb in and, and t- pick one decision, and go back and, and double. Then you didn't double like it, so you went and, the other way. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They were great books. Why don't they make any more of those? I don't know. They really should. Uh, probably I because know. internet. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you two were the only morons that read them. Could have been. Could have been. Trevor, just for that, why don't you read our first uh, email here on our listener feedback portion of the show? Uh, You punish me with words. I do this. Yes. All right. So this one comes to us from Sharp97. Just thought I'd point you guys to the Gun Lounge YouTube channel, a Canadian gun channel that hasn't put out a video in a while, but two of his videos are on his gun room. Hope this helps. Hope to see you guys at the fast course or at least at the hotel as always, great show. So he gives us a uh, link to YouTube channel. So it's youtube.com forward slash user forward slash the gun lounge 1985. And this is in response to the email from the Rossinator in Alberta, who's like, all right, how do you build a gun room and be compliant with Canadian law? So, um, yeah, it might be worth checking out. I don't know if, uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say that it's, you know, compliant or approved or whatever, but it might give you some ideas on where to start. Cool. Yeah. So that sounds like um, Sharp ninety seven is going to be at the charity shoot. Yes, Very he's cool. coming. He's going to the Friday though. So is he I'll going to the him. Saturday as well? No. Oh, he's, he's just not. going to the Friday. He's well, not able. He's not able to attend the Saturday. That's okay. Hopefully, oh, no. I will be there in time to say hi to Sharp anyway on Friday. I won't get so. to see him. Well, yeah. he doesn't like you anyway. He told me. I yep. understand. So I don't blame. Him. I don't like me either. Are we doing um, <laughs> name tags, Kelly? Are we doing name tags because people don't know who we are? Yeah, I mean, we listeners. don't know who they are. The, don't you know who I am? <laughs> yes, we are doing name tags. Everybody will have one, and uh, we have a super cool thing that we're doing with them too. Very nice. Okay, Sounds but you won't fun. know until you actually right, get because that. you like to keep secrets from your co-hosts. I do. Yes, sounds about oh. right. Okay. <laughs> well, just for that, read this next email, would you? Okay. So this one's from Gun Owners of Canada. reach. She doesn't get put up by that. <laughs> Gun Owners of Canada. And it's from uh, N Lit and One. So it says, hey, girl and boys. Hey, I like that at first. <laughs> hey, anyways. He said, just got hooked on your podcast. I've listened to 142 to 156 in the last two weeks and enjoyed them. And I'm learning things as well. Keep it up. I will hit iTunes for thumbs up. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, Thank you, enlightened one. Enlightened one. I got I, it. Enlightened one. Enlightened I'm like, one. I'm now enlightened. There yeah, you not go. That, I'm not saying this person's not enlightened, but the thumbs are not on the iTunes. The five stars are the thumbs you can give us anytime. Just, that's right. I'm just saying. So maybe so he's going to give us a, re- yeah, a review on iTunes, and then that's where the thumbs will be. I don't know. We'll find well, out, I guess, when he leaves okay. the review. Review yeah. stars. <laughs> He'll give us stars. All He'll right. go back on Gun Owners of Canada and give us thumbs up. Well, we'll see. Okay. Well, All right. Fingers. 
Well, if you would like to send an email to the show, you can send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can contact us through iTunes by leaving us a five-star review. If you don't leave five stars, we don't get the message. That's basically how it works. That's right? how that works. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, and, uh, and yeah, leave a review, and we will read it and uh, make fun of you, or, or make fun of Trevor, or something. We'll do something, and it'll be entertaining. Someone will get embarrassed. That much we can guarantee. <laughs> well, we like it when Trevor gets embarrassed. Let's, uh, okay. let's roll into the shout-outs. I've got one to Fred. Fred, don't worry, man. There's, there's lots of others out there. Fred, we we really did lay it on him pretty thick at the beginning of the show, and and you know, getting getting broken up is is it's it's rough. Getting broken up, getting getting getting, getting dumped. I didn't want to say getting that. dumped. Yeah, welcome yeah. to Dumpsville, population U. Fred, <laughs> Fred, buddy, remember this: women are like buses. One comes by about every hour, but if one stops that shaped like a bus, don't get on. <laughs> Trevor, always kicking yes. it up a notch. Good job, man. Keeping it classy. We, we no, really are job. with you, Fred. Though you're 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 cool. Don't yeah. worry. There's even no. Never mind. I'll tell you guys nope. after the show. All right. Okay. And I have one. I have one for Rick. I just wanted to say uh, thanks for putting on the handgun fundamental course because I'm really excited to go and do it and also do it with my friend Stacy and that too. So. Oh, and thank you to Stacy for checking the iTunes feed, even yes. though there were no, yeah, there were no new ones, so, but she did uh, check it for us. So thank you, Stacy. Yeah. Apparently, well, not apparently. I got in trouble last week for like saying, "Oh, Stacy didn't get to us in two weeks or whatever." So right, she made She's sure so to group messenger. Listen, we didn't ask her to do it, but now she does it, so it's expected. So don't give me the busy card. Right. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, cool. yeah, okay, uh, yeah, All right, yeah, All yours. Right. Uh, James, thanks for sending us a news story that we already covered after the show started. And we already Way covered it. Yeah. That's another one, too, but maybe we'll put it on next week. Okay. Uh, cool. All right, so all the shout-outs uh, are done? Well, yeah. one more to James. I forgot to mention um, last week about how James got disqualified in the uh, Ipsic match, and he probably listened to the show going, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? Oh, thank God he didn't say it. Yeah. McClatchy, yeah, remember the time? It. <laughs> yeah, McClatchy, remember the time you got DQ'd and you knocked a gun off the table? Oh yeah, that was the very first stage of the day. I didn't even fire around, and I was disqualified from that day. And I was I was three hours from home when it happened too. It was deja vu all over again. Really, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Only knocked well, a gun you know, off a table. Yeah, I. You know, most people lay their gun on the side. Yeah. Oh, he stood it up. Well, I gamed it, right? So yeah, I went before did. James, and I yeah. stood my get my gun up, and I, I you know, I staged it, and uh, I grabbed it and did what you're supposed to do. And when James went to grab it, he just pushed it straight off the table. <laughs> yeah. You got to practice I, these things, James. I learned that the hard way. This was the second DQ of the match for me, the second guy I DQ'd. One of them was a Black Badger. He, uh, unfortunately, uh, just misunderstood, took his gun out before the command. Um, and I was watching him. I was like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And James was like right over my shoulder. And James was like, what are you doing? Stop! Oh, James like just missed him, right? Yeah. James tried to intervene. So that was upsetting enough because this is a good guy. He worked really hard. Yeah. And then James James comes up and knocks his gun off the table. And after <laughs> I took care of what we had to do, I turned around. I threw my timer down range. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty upset. Well, look, the, these yeah. things these things happen. People get disqualified in Ipsic. There are two shooters, two two types of Ipsic shooters: those who have been disqualified and those who will and, be. And those who will be, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and James always takes it like a professional. And what did he do? He took his gun off and came immediately back to work. Yep. 
And that's so, what, uh, yeah, that, and that's fine. So that's cool. Good, good on you, James. But I just still wanted to make sure that he didn't think that I was going to not tell everybody. No, we have to make sure that everybody knows. <laughs> Wear it so like a badge of honor. Not a black badge of honor, just a regular badge of honor. Like a Dairy Queen badge of honor. Exactly. Shout out to you, James. And if you complain about this, I will spread around the photograph of your grad photo I took at your uh, cottage. You don't want that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'll you send it to you guys that. after the show. Yeah, I'm actually sending it to you guys right now. On Perfect. I am waiting All right. with bated breath. All right, here we go. This is uh, the last part of the show. So if you've listened up until now, we are very sorry. <laughs> but you might as well hang into the end because we're almost done. So please join one of our National Firearms Associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA or anybody else who is pro-gun and helps you retain your privileges of gun ownership in Canada. Please also check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a little forum over there where we chat with the listeners sometimes, and uh, we post a show there and other fun stuff. So check us out there. Also, please like us on Facebook. We have 1,453 likes so far. Uh, 101. Oh, sorry, Trevor. 101. Thumbs up. We have five gold stars and counting, two flukes, two manatee flippers, and one safe space. So if you would like to send us anything, we do accept mostly traveler's checks, cash, and certified check or money order. Um, EMT? EMTs are also cool. Pesos? Nope. Send money to Archie. Yes, actually, you should send money. So, so send money to the show, and Archie will get it. And if you send it in increments of five, we will give you will put the name on a ticket for you, so you can win that right. cool SKS stock. And we're drawing it on June thirtieth. June thirty first. That's correct. June thirty first. <laughs> October thirty second. <laughs> the first of never. Seventh of never. Oh, the seventh of never. I was going to go on the first of never, but whatever. Good Trevor, day. say goodbye. Goodbye. Kelly, say goodbye. Good- goodbye. Adriel, say goodbye. Good night, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Hello, listeners, and welcome. Oh, you did it, dude. I fought so hard. We can't. We can't have a, an intro without an outtake. I mean, that's just you know, just can't happen. It's it's Frosty's new shtick. <laughs> it is. It's great. I'm I like done it. now. I, I want to do it to Trevor and Matthew. Now I'm done. All right, we got to get <laughs> Kelly someday. Yeah. Well, we never do it to you, so. Ever. No. Wait. Ever. Wait. That's not true. Ever yet. Right. Okay. Let's try this again. Ready? No. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Stand by.